Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. All right, all right, all right. By show of hands, go ahead, get your hand up. Who has felt um, emotional turmoil within their own persona in the last two years? Hands? Yep, yep, that's what I thought. I mean, who saw that coming? It's like um, if we could have a karmic forecast. A karmic tsunami has been scheduled for 2020, 2021, and 2022 is yet to be seen. How do you, how do you, what do you do when you're upset? Uh, And and what I like about tonight's show is what if you're upset for all the wrong reasons? Or maybe there's not a good reason. Um, tonight, the topic is energy healing for impasse. And it's so nice to have Lisa back on the show, Lisa Campion. We're going to bring her on in just a minute. But I like visuals. Um Say you go into a florist shop to buy some very dainty flowers, beautiful flowers, and they're just frail and beautiful and and fresh. And lo and behold, you look out the window and there's an unscheduled hurricane going on. And cars are tumbling down the street and, and um, all manner of chaos is happening and it's like, Some bitch, how am I going to get these flowers home and have them intact? Have you ever meditated or or done perhaps a practice or ritual that you have and you found this this cool place in your psyche and it's boom and everything's zen and and there's no fret or worry. And then the damn phone rings or (laughs) you look at the news and it's like uh, crash and burn, wet cleanup aisle five. Um, What I really like about tonight's episode is we're going to delve into the notion of uh, energy healing for impasse and and the idea of um, your energy. Um, the energy of the client, the the energy of the collective, and perhaps some traits that might not serve you that you might not be aware of. I'm sure we're going to have plenty to talk about, so let's just jump in. Again, the topic tonight is energy healing for impasse. And again, our our guest tonight, we're having Lisa back on the show, Lisa Campion. How to protect yourself from energy vampires, honor your boundaries, and build healthier relationships. Do you struggle with drawing and maintaining boundaries when dealing with people in your life? Are you highly sensitive and attuned to others' feelings and energy to the point where you can't tell 
their inner, where their energy ends and yours begins? Do you have trouble protecting yourself from energy vampires? If so, yeah, you're probably an empath. And I'm not sure all the empaths know their empaths. Tonight we're going to talk about some guidance. Fortunately, there's a practical ways to stay balanced and keep your energy safe and secure. From, from energy healer and psychic trainer, Lisa Campion, this healing guide will help you cultivate the energy management skills you need to cope with energy vampires and narcissists increasing your own vitality and fully embrace your your unique gifts. In addition to her latest book, Energy Healing for Empaths, Lisa is also the author of the number one best-selling, The Art of Psychic Reiki. Lisa is a psychic counselor and Reiki master teacher with over 25 years of experience. She has trained more than 1,000 people in Reiki and has conducted more than 15,000 individual sessions. Now, does she count bipolar people as two sessions? She is also the host of the radio show and podcast, The Miracle of Healing on Empower Radio. She specializes in training emerging psychics, empaths, and healers so they can fully step into their gifts since the world needs all the healers it can get. Uh, You can learn more about her at her webpage, lisacampion.com, L-I-S-A-C-A-M-P-I-O-N.com. Join me in welcoming Lisa to the show. Lisa, it's so nice to have you back on the show. Hey, Wes. It's so great to be here. I'm always happy to talk to you. We always have great conversations. Well, uh, so what if I'm like a hard-ass welder and and uh, I go to the gym and I, I, I bench all weight and, and uh, I'm fit and I'm... Um, I'm a man's man in kind of the traditional collective consciousness perception. What the hell would I want to even know about what an empath is? I mean, that couldn't possibly apply to somebody like that, could it? One of the squishiest empaths I know is my son, Devin, who spent four years in the Marine Corps and is a super, like, you know, buff, jacked up weightlifter, you know, strong. He's an electrician. He's pretty much that guy you just described. Um, And he is the squishy, soft-hearted empath. So you just never know. Well, I mean, empath to a lot of people who might not have heard the term before, I mean, if you haven't recognized your empathic uh, characteristics in the first several decades of your life. I mean, I know you can like sprinkle flour on the kitchen floor to see if you've been sleepwalking. How do you, how do you tell if you're an empath or not? 
I think it's, you know, people who, if, if anyone's ever told you you're too sensitive or, you know, um, people say you, you need to get a thicker skin, um, that might be you. If you feel crowds are hard for you, if you know that you absorb other people's energy, you feel fine until you sit next to somebody who's having a bad day and then all of a sudden you're feeling all their stuff. Um, if you're maybe introverted, not every introvert, but many are, if you like just, you know, the life sucked out of you by going into big box stores like Walmart or Costco, um, if you cry at TV commercials um, <laughs> and you <laughs> and you attract, you know, like you're an energy vampire magnet, then that might be, those are some of the, the sort of, you know, if you can check some of those boxes or most of those boxes, you can be pretty sure you're an empath. It's tricky for men, too, because, you know, people think that, oh, you have to be a woman to be an empath. And I've seen no difference. You know, statistically, there's just as many men, male as female empaths. And I think it's a little bit harder for men, actually, um, to recognize it and accept that quality about them. Right. Well, um, there's such a suck it up um, attribute to the masculine culture and and just that notion of you know come on suck it up uh, I I don't need to see your vulnerability I don't need to see your your sensitivity that it just might be that a lot of what uh, men might struggle with even to the point of addictions alcoholism perhaps even domestic violence is that they are indeed highly sensitive impasse and they're picking up on other people's junk and um, it gives them no no peace, no um, place of rest, so to speak. How do you, I mean, I know you mentioned about when you go out in public and and you feel your your persona shift, so to speak. But um, how how can we kind of drill it down, um, perhaps even farther in a kind of a um, just a way for somebody who's never considered themselves an empath? I I guess you know because. If if I think about like you might avoid conversations, you might avoid uh, topics, uh, or like getting in an argument with your with your spouse or lover or something like that, and and you pick up on stuff. If you're not aware of that, that can really drag you through the weeds, can it? Yeah, a lot of times empaths think they're crazy, think they're too sensitive, think they have, like, emotional issues, you know, like, what's wrong with me? You can kind of walk around the world wondering what's wrong with you, um, that, you you know, you could be having a perfectly fine day, but in, then you get around somebody that's having a lot of emotions and you're going to feel really off-kilter and go into something that we call empathic overload pretty quick. But all those things, you know, being conflict avoidant, having social anxiety, um, you know, being super caretaking of other people, thinking about other people's needs, 
um, before you think of your own, you know, and wanting to avoid um, creating pain in other people at the expense of yourself. Um, it's, those are very common, deep experiences that empaths have. So what can you do about it? I mean, perhaps in two different scenarios, while you're, while you're immersed in the, in the upheaval, in the turmoil, and then um, perhaps when you get home and, and how, how do you rebound or recover from things like that? Well, I think the first thing is to really recognize that you're sensitive um, and then there's kind of two levels of psychic self-defense that we have to do. And I, I was a martial artist for a long time, so I kind of love this idea of spiritual kung fu, you know. And the first part of it is learning how to really manage our energy. Because I, I spent so much time of my life as an energy healer doing Reiki and all kinds of other kinds of energy medicine, I really started noticing that empaths have differences in their energy field, which is why I wrote a book called Energy Healing for Empaths. Um, and we have an energy field that's porous like a sponge. So a non-empathic person has like a pretty solid bubble on the outside of their energy. So they don't go around the wor- world being so absorbent, right? We are a psychic sponge. We go places and we absorb the energy from other people and we leak out our own energy. So we're very giving, we overgive, we're over nurturing. Um, and this creates a lot of problems. So the first thing that we have to do is learn how to literally manage our energy field so we're not so porous and spongy. And once we have kind of control over that, um, those basic energy man- management fundamentals kind of gives us a leg to stand on to do the harder piece of work. And the harder piece of work is about learning how to say no and set boundaries in your relationships. Um, and and it's, it's hard to do until you've got a handle on the first side of it you know and and uh, I was just thinking while you're saying that it could give other people a, a fulcrum or a lever I mean if you can get somebody upset in a predictable way then you can like jack them around especially if they don't feel comfortable with the emotions so often the i mean regardless of your stance 2020 and 2021 brought up really a fear storm in the collective there was such uh uh tidal waves so to speak of fear and i i i really uh, enjoyed the insights of, the, uh, I guess I call it the collective subconscious. But when fear, when people immerse themselves in an emotion like fear, and if you don't, if the uh, energy, if the emotions you're picking up that are not really your own, but they're from other people around you, and you're not aware of that, like you were saying, um, you might think you're crazy. You might think that what's wrong with me. And and it just dawned on me that um, either consciously or subconsciously, 
people can use your emotional sensitivity to kind of drag you through the weeds. I mean, well, does that make sense? Really? Yeah. So empaths until they figure it out are, are often easily manipulated and by the collective, by individual people. And this is what energy vampires and narcissists are counting on, you know, right. that you're, so, you're so kind, compassionate, open-hearted, you're so fearful of conflict, you're so truly giving and wanting to help that, you know, empaths often, like, sort of don't have a mean bone in their body. They don't think about how they're going to jack people over. Like, you know, they don't think about that. So we don't often see it coming, you know. So we're like, well, it's just outside of our, our reality that, you know, people could be manipulative or, you know, dangerous or things like that. So we, we're often a little naive, honestly, when it comes to other people's motivations. And until we get burned, you know, every empath, you get to a certain <laughs> age and it's just kind of like, you know, you've been burned enough that, um, you know, we start to sort of take steps and understand how we have to, um, you know, it's sad. It's sad because, you know, I mean, anybody who emotionally manipulates another person is that's it's, that's not that cool, you know. But it's sad to take somebody who's really meant to be a healer, helper, caregiver, ambassador here to serve humanity, and and to really um, manipulate a person like that is it's it's unfortunate and and so 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 common. Well, sometimes it's happening on a subconscious level. It it's like. Um, in the in the workplace, which I won't mention, uh, there was a senior manager that kept everybody in check by by throwing fits of rage, fits of anger, and uh, it uh, he was it was a fascinating study for me to watch it happen, and uh, I, I I later realized he was scared to death, and he was he his ego per se wasn't consciously aware that he was keeping everybody on pins and needles, but by keeping everybody on pins and needles, that's how he felt safe because everybody went into shutdown. If that, if that makes sense. Yeah. If you keep enough drama in this, you know, going on the situation, then you don't have to deal with maybe some more difficult things. And, you know, there, there are, um, most of the energy vampires that are out there, narcissists, aren't consciously, you know, like sitting down saying, well, how can I suck the life out of less today, you know? Um, but they, <laughs> some of them <laughs> some of them are. Some of them do. The really predatory types are, you know, the, the, the real psychopath type um, kind of extreme energy vampires are really conscious about their... Um, you know, and, and I'd rather remorseless, totally remorseless about their, you know, what they're doing. They're, they see people as energy supplies or, and it might be your money, your, you know, food in your fridge, your time, your attention, like your credit, your bank, bank account, you know, the gas in your car, all of those things are resources that they feel entitled to take, you know, and we have to be real careful. Because um, we are kind of a sucker, we can be a sucker for that. Well, the 
I mean, we've been using the term energy vampires, and I know there's there's also the realm of psychic cords of of people um, attaching to you with psychic cords. Can you just uh, put some context to that so if people haven't heard this term these terms before, they can uh, have a way to understand it? Yeah, sure. So uh, all people um, connect to each other energetically. And, you know, we're we're always saying that. And again, as an energy um, medicine practitioner, I would see these connections between people. And they look like cords or strings that connect people. And most of the time they're fine when they're made out of love and they're not sort of dysfunctional. They look like kind of like fiber optic cables to me. Like they glow kind of with this light, you know, they're called light cords. And they're not a problem. But when we have dysfunctional relationships with people um, where, or codependency or, you know, um, kind of cruelty or ener- from, energy, from energy vampires, the cords that go into us that connect us are, are thicker, heavier, and they're not healthy. They're one of the mechanisms that energy vampires use to drain we connect, we connect psychically, energetically, sexually, you know, emotionally. We can connect into different parts of our energy field to pull. And, you know, honestly, like, people don't, most people don't know how to source their own energy. So we are constantly stealing energy from other people all the time, you know. And, sure. And just kind of mild ways, you know what I mean? Like, um, you call up your friend and you're like, I don't feel good today. And you're like, blah, 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 you know, and your friend listens to you and you feel better. There's like an energy exchange in that situation. But when, when it gets really unhealthy is when it's, you know, you get something, somebody like, a nurse, we can kind of exchange the word, it's an energy vampire because they're, they're pretty similar. Um, then it, it's, it can be quite detrimental. And the, the first time I saw this happening, I as an energy healer, I was working with this woman who was so ill. She was kind of close to the, to dying. That's how ill she was. And the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. They did every single test in the book. And she would come every week for Reiki sessions, and i kind of fill her back up with energy. It was like she was like an empty balloon, and I'd so depleted. And I'd fill her back up, and she'd, feel, she'd come off the table feeling better, and then she'd be back the next week, and I was like, what's going on? Like, what's going on here? And then we, none of us could really figure out what's happening until once she was so weak and ill that her husband came to pick her up. And he was, like, this, like, so youthful-looking, um, had this glow about him. And as he put his arm around her, I could see this massive energy cord between the two of them. And it, rem- it reminded me of, like, when you, you know, when you stick the gas tank, you know, hose from the at the gas station in your car, and you will glug 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 glug. Right. This is what this is what was going on. He was in that moment in the waiting room of my office, taking that energy that I had just given her in the in the session, and I was like, oh my goodness, that is what's happening here. And it, I, I don't know, but I feel like if she had eventually, she did <clears throat> break the relationship with him and she got better she was like it was a miraculous healing she you know regained her health and you know um her vitality came back um over time and and that was the time where i was like really like all right this is 
that's like the worst court I've ever seen. That was bad. I, she might have died, I think, if she stayed with them. Right. Hey, uh, uh, sometimes you move around and your audio is dropping down in volume. Just be mindful of your mic. For my own, uh, for my own situation, I didn't have much of a. I mean, I didn't have any idea of metaphysical, spiritual energy healing, any of that stuff, for all of my childhood. I was raised in uh, um, a traditional uh, Christian household, and uh, fast forward a few decades, and I had. Uh, I had a connection with somebody that was prominent in my life. And uh, um, after that ended, I went to an energy healer. And, you know, it's at the show Aliens where this grotesque thing comes out of somebody's (laughs) chest and says, Honey, I'm home. Uh, the, uh, The the energy, uh, I don't even know what to call it. It was like a gigantic hairball uh, was pulled out of my uh, persona and I felt so so Im- different immediately and yet we had gone our separate ways uh, I just I just find it fascinating um, all the different ways that uh, we can have challenges in our life that we're not consciously aware of. And that's what I really like about this episode and talking to you, Lisa, as as we can bring some context and understanding to this. So in in the thousands of people that you've worked with, what other ways have you seen people kind of unaware of of detrimental attributes of their of themselves do you mean like people who might be energy vampires or people who might be empaths being drained well are they're related aren't they yeah i mean empaths tend to go into relationship with with the energy vampire narcissists are they're kind of like two ends of the same polarity you know and uh, whenever we have a polarity, there's like a magnetism there. So empaths are like magnets to energy vampires, and for a lot of different reasons. And for the energy vampire, there's an opportunity to learn um, to get healing, because empath types are usually healers. Help. We have the soul of a healer, that's what I think. So oftentimes, the energy there's there's potential that that energy vampire could take a few steps towards the empath and get some healing. And the empath can take a few steps towards narcissism, and in the middle, there's something that psychologists call healthy narcissism, which just means you have good self-esteem and have a good boundary. So there's always potential for growth in these relationships. I would say always. Most of the time, there's potential for growth. And then when there isn't potential for growth, sometimes it's just you have to get out. There are certain energy, like maybe the boss you were talking about, it, you know, is not somebody who is going to change their ways and we have to limit contacts or maybe cut ties with uh, the really unrepentant psychopathic type energy vampires. They're not, they're not that really interested in changing or growing or evolving. And, you know, maybe over lifetimes they, you know, 
over many lifetimes, of course, they do. So I don't know. I think for MPOP, it's a matter of, you know, learning how to manage their energy so they can step into their role of healing and serving humanity, whatever that is for them, whatever is individual for each of us, and also using the um, encounters we have with energy vampires as a way to strengthen our boundaries and get stronger. Strengthen our boundaries and get stronger. So, so then let's let's take a look at um, doing just that. So if if I'm just coming to terms with well, golly gee willikers, I just might be an empath, and half the reason I don't feel very good has nothing to do with me. How, and 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 then flip the whole thing over and think of a a vibrant, radiant, loving persona that's that's just full of light and love. How do we go from the one to the other? In other words, how can we kind of uh, so we recognize we might have been in a very unhealthy relationship with somebody? We get that fixed. How do we like? blast our own psyche, our own persona um, of the residuals and perhaps go to a a level of consciousness in our life we might not have ever experienced in our life. You know what I mean? How do we, if we've never experienced it, how do we bring it about? Well, I think there's a couple of things we need to do besides the daily learning to manage your energy field, grounding, clearing, the energy picked up that's not yours, you know, recentering yourself, protecting yourself. There's these energy management fundamentals. Every empath needs those things. Um, you can't survive. It's like psychic hygiene. You, you can't, you know, it's like brushing your teeth and washing your hair and all those kinds of things. We have to do it. The other thing that we have to do as empaths is we have to have really a daily process for managing our emotional lives. Because empaths are very emotional, um, and we have we have strong emotional responses to things, um, and more than I think non-empathic people. And so I feel like we all need like, if it's whether it's meditation or journaling or or you know EFT tapping, whatever um, helps you to process your emotion or your emotions on the daily. This is like another like oxygen kind of food thing like it's, it's on that <laughs> level of necessity for an empath you know and then once we have those things then we're pretty much all of us are drawn into service we come here to, we've come here to help humanity and humanity needs help right now and empaths become very depressed um, when they when they're not fulfilling their life purpose so you know, like I was working with one of my students who it's um, one of the things that kind of prompted me to write the, this book was I was, my student, she's an incredible Reiki practitioner. She was called doing hospice work, which is a very noble and beautiful, you know, calling for a healer. She's going into the hospital and helping people who are passing and their families. And she called me one day and she's like, I'm sick. I'm on the couch. I can't get up. I, you know, every time I'm done with one of these cases, it takes me weeks to recover. She's like, I've got some horrible illness, and my husband's ready to divorce me because I'm non-functional. And she was just going to quit her 
life is healer because she she couldn't handle the just the emotional wear and tear of being in a very difficult psychic environment for a sensitive person. So we worked together and I helped her to learn those things. How does she manage her energy? How does she manage her emotions? Um, and when she got those basics down, all of a sudden she was functioning in her life, in, in every area of her life, at a high level of mastery, including her work. And, you know, in the hospital she was able to go back and, and do even more healing work without it sort of taking that fatal bite out of her like it was happening before. And, and I think that's often like the pinnacle of, of like the, the highest point we can reach is empath. You know, to deeply serve and not, and not have it. It brings us joy. It brings us fulfillment in our life um, when we can do that without having it take a bite out of us. Nice. Well spoken. Well, I mean, bam, there's, there's emotions all over the place. What's a healthy emotional experience? I mean, how what does it how do we process or navigate or uh, because if we don't have good emotional skills, um talk about um a bumpy road. What's a healthy emotional encounter look like? Well, I think for an empath, the first thing that we have to ask ourselves when we feel something is, is this mine or is this somebody else's? And that seems crazy to people that aren't an empath. <laughs> you know, non-empathic people that never have that question. But it's the first thing we have to ask ourselves is, that, let's say you go to a party and all of a sudden you feel weird. You know, you walked into the party, you were fine half an hour into it, you're like, I don't, I feel depressed. That's sad. I'm like, or I'm angry. I just feel funky, you know. And you ask yourself, okay, is this my emotional experience or did I pick up somebody else's? And with time and experience and practice, I get a very fast answer on that. Like, I know my emotional self really well. So I know pretty instantly whether it's mine or somebody else's. And if it's mine, I attend to it. I meditate, I pray, I journal, I I take myself off in the corner and give myself a little talking to and a hug, whatever. Um, and then um, if it's somebody else's, then we have to release it. So we go through the, um, you know, the clearing techniques that I use, like a breathing technique and, and med- a little meditation visualization at a party. You excuse yourself, you go to the ladies' room and the room, you wash your hands and you're like, I let go of anything that's not mine that I picked up as I'm washing my hands, it's all going down the drain, I'm giving it back to God, right? Um, and then you reset your energy field, you rebubble up and you go back into the party. And that is probably the single most functional and important um, emotional knowledge and skills that empaths have to have. Now, if you had, you know, so many empaths have had just so many people have had terrible trauma in their lives and um and if that's something that's the case for you you need to go back and handle that too you need to get counseling therapy body work spiritual counseling you know whatever energy work all the things we need to do to kind of clear up our own emotional lives and you know as healers i would say as a healer you're your first and best client (laughs) you should be if you're doing it right you know we have to keep 
working on our own self, right? And yeah. then, so we've, do, we've sort of done the back work of, you know, the, the heavy lifting and clearing our own emotional stuff out, then the day-to-day work of just managing our own emotions is a lot easier, too. Yeah, it's that wounded healer uh, syndrome. But yeah. yeah I, but um, but our souls probably chose that dynamic so we could have some experience with the healing process, so we wouldn't. That's right. So so we could uh, relate, huh? Well, uh, I know emotions have such a a collage of of. I don't know personalities. I mean, there's there's just so many different kinds of emotions. If you were to take a step back and look at the collective, and I know that's a that's a big view. What emotions would you say are missing? I mean, if if we could uh, daydream kind of scrape history into the whatever and imagine um, everyone in uh, uh, living in their their good in harmony and ha- in happiness opulent what what are we missing as a collective that uh, emotionally would help us kind of get our stance and grow ourselves some legs because really we in a metaphorical sense it's like a tidal wave 2020 came through and tipped us all over collectively how do we how do we regain our stature collectively i think grounding is really important um especially for a sensitive type um, so we're connecting with the earth, we're connecting back with ourselves, go sit on the beach or sit on a rock or climb a mountain or, you know, really gar- go pull weeds in your garden. Um, so really taking some time out to ground and be in nature can be extremely uh, helpful. Um, and I think like, you know, it's, it's sort of a counterintuitive thing to say to your question but I think we, most of us are just so emotionally repressed that we need to be able to let ourselves feel all the feels. And, oh, yeah. like, I really admire the way children do it. Like, I look at little kids under, like, four or five years old, and they don't have emotional repression. They feel they're, they're, they're sad, they cry, they're angry, you know about it. They're happy, they're full of joy, they smile. And all of our, especially as the psychics, our intuition, our connection with our higher self, our connection with God and our spirit guides comes through our emotional self. So if we are emotionally numb, if we're repressed and denying our emotions and numbing out in all the ways that we do, we are basically cutting ourselves off from our spiritual source. And, and I, that's a problem. That's a really big problem. And I'm not saying we should all, like, act out like two-year-olds. We don't need to act on every emotional whim. That would be a disaster. But we do need to feel it. So there's a way we can allow the emotions. Emotions are meant to wash through your whole being like a wave, through your body, through your energy field. They come up from the ground, sort of from your feet, and they roll through your energy field, through your body like a wave. And if we let that roll and we don't repress it, it's gone like 30 seconds later, you know? Um, so 
if I could wave a magic wand over the world, I would, that's what I would do. Is I would give people that, um, that emotional freedom to feel everything, not act it out, but feel it, so we could tune back into our inner guidance and navigate our way out of the past. Nice. Nice. Well, um, sometimes I get up in the morning and it seems like my angels have been drinking. I don't know if I stress them so much that as soon as I go to sleep, they go hit the angel bar. Um, <laughs> how do we... Uh, how do we bring um, our angels and guides into this discussion as far as uh, personally in our everyday lives? If I'm a recovering empath, so to speak, how do we, uh, how can we get insights from our angels and guides? Because I think uh, a lot of the times people don't, well, I, I know for sure people have, a lot of people don't have a clue about how they get in their own way. And and certainly the the empath modality is, is, can be a very, very challenging place to live. And I like to bring in the angels and guides in the conversation because they have that, that, uh, view from afar, so to speak. They can they can look at the mechanics of what's going on. If if I'm a listener and I don't really have a working dialogue, so to speak, how can we um, introduce ourselves or start a dialogue, so to speak, with our angels and guides? I think it's. Connecting with our intuition is a really good starting point. And everyone is, has intuition. So in my, in my vocabulary, intuition is like our inner guidance, and psychic ability is getting guidance from outside of ourselves, like angels and guides. And intuition is like we have to make space to listen, so we have to be quiet. In, you know, meditation or, or a little bit of quiet time, where you're in a receptive mode, you know. And for a lot of people, it's about shifting their brainwave into that alpha state, which happens when we're driving, when we're, it's kind of like a light trance. When you're doing the dishes, you ever, like, have a big gnarly problem and you go in the shower and you, you're, like, halfway through the shower, you're like, bing, there's the answer to your problem, you know. Um, it's amazing how many psychics get really strong hits in the shower. <laughs> or washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, these kinds of, Ordinary things can tap us into that alpha state where we're very connected to our angels' guides and, um, you know, and our own intuition. So I feel like it's a simple thing, really effective. Set an intention. Be like, okay, angels, I need a que- I need an answer to someone's question. And then you meditate. You go for a walk on the beach. You go to sleep and see if you have a dream. You forget about it and you wash the dishes and you allow that to kind of cook on the back burner. And then we open so like i always said if i wrote a if i wrote a book about psychic ability it'd be called pay attention (laughs) Um, um, so paying attention is super important we have to notice that we have insights hunches hits nudges signs and synchronicities dreams we're constantly getting information um probably 10 times a day you're having pretty intense you know 
intuitive and psychic hits, we just don't pay attention. So they kind of just pass up by. The other thing we have to do is we have to act on them. I'm not saying every crazy little whim that, you know, act on every strange little whim that crosses your fancy, but more 51% of the time, most of the time, if we, if we don't honor them, um, they, that information tends to dry up. So those are the most important things to get started. Yeah, they tend to dry up. And I, I think yeah. uh, challenges draw our attention away from that information. Uh, and the whole flipping world has gone through uh, some pretty big challenges over the last couple of years. Maybe you're frustrated, maybe you're worried, maybe you're anxious about the future because you've lost that connection from the the chaos of this, the proverbial karmic storm. You know, like what real intuition, if you're, if you're worried, if you're having a strong kind of negative emotion, that's never an intuitive thing. You know, when intuitive things come through, there's always a peace and a calm to it, and even when it's difficult information, you know. So, because uh, a lot of times, my psychic students will tell me, like, how do I tell the difference between a, a fear and an intuitive hit? And I'm like, if you're having a fear, it's not an intuitive hit, it's a fear. You know, that's coming up from the ego that's worried about your kids or worried about the state of the world or worried about this and that problem, you know. Um, and if it's out of that, so then it's not intuition. It's just raw fear. You know, an intuition will be like, yeah, don't go to the supermarket right now or cancel that trip you're, you're, you were going to do to the Caribbean you know, because you're going to get COVID if you go, like, yeah, follow that intu- that hit, that intuition, you know, that um, that opening. So our, our guides and our own higher self are really always trying to help us navigate through the difficult points, you know. And if we follow our gut, if we follow our feelings, we can get around even, you know, it's like choppy out there right now. Your intuition is a giant benefit in helping navigate through choppy waters. Nice. Well, and and if if you've been listening to this episode and you think, well, I just might be an empath and I never knew it, I, I would imagine it would it'd be helpful to connect with other people that um, are are aware of their empathic um, attributes, J- just to kind of bring some, I guess, reality to it. If, like when I open the show, I talk about a a rough and burly man that couldn't possibly see himself as a highly sensitive person, Um, if empathic attributes are new to you, um, to, to reach out, and, and participate in in it doesn't have to be in person, but um, online and whatnot. There's a lot. There's a there's an awful lot of uh, um, ways people can connect to just uh, share their experience with others and and get a more uh, grounded perception of of their empathic attributes. So 
So, Lisa, um, what do you have coming down the pike? You've just written a book, Energy Healing for Impasse, How to Protect Yourself from Energy Vampires, Honor Your Boundaries, and Build Healthier Relationships. What do you have uh, on the the stove? What are you cooking up? I've always got so much going on. I'm working on my third book right now. Um, it's called, it's about psychic development, and it's called um, Awakening Your Psychic Abilities. It'll be out in the spring uh, 2023. And I'm always unrolling new psychic development classes on my website. I'm teaching Reiki online on my website these days. Um, so I've got some good stuff there. And I do have a, a free class for empaths on my website. So if, you know, you're feeling like some of this stuff resonated for you and you want to go deeper into well. What exactly are the energy management practices? I have that. You can just pop on over to my website, LisaCampion.com, and find a free free gift for you there. Nice. Um, have you noticed a change in your clientele between 2019 and and today? In in other words, uh, the the problems or issues that they want help with. Uh, what kind of things surprised you as as the 2020 dynamic unfolded? You know, that's such a great question, Les. You know, what really surprised me was the amount of people that are undergoing psychic openings, very sudden psychic openings, suddenly realizing they're an empath, having huge, um, just massive spiritual and psychic openings. I, giant leaps in their level of consciousness. Um, that's what's so exciting to me. I mean, people have problems. People always have problems. That's, you know, you know, job, people dying and job loss, you know, losing people that they loved. That, that certainly picked up a lot too. But even, I was expecting that. What I wasn't expecting was the amount of people undergoing spiritual awakening. That, I think is really exciting and many of them need help. It's confusing for them. It can be very scary and disorienting to go through a sudden psychic opening or a sudden spiritual shift. People having kind of like massive Kundalini awakenings um, that I think are connected to this increase in our human evolution, sort of the ascension stuff that's happening, um, which I was just totally convinced that was a thing. And now I'm totally convinced that's a thing. So, I don't know, I think it's cool. I'm heartened by it. Well, very nice. Now, let's shine the light on you. How how does a listener get your books um, if they want? Do, Do you work with people? Do you work with people in person and online or just online? Give us the whole... Um, rundown on on your material and your services. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so my books are available on um, Amazon and all the major booksellers online. Um, and there's a lot of free resources um, on my website, lucycampion.com. I do teach Reiki, teach psychic development classes of every level from very beginner, intermediate, and for people that want to go become a professional psychic i have a whole year-long program for that um and i do i do some private sessions now mostly i'm teaching and writing 
Um, and those are on Zoom, on Zoom, or if you happen to be in Rhode Island, come on to my office. I'm there um, during your person <laughs> sessions now and again. So, um, but yeah, mostly I'm, I'm my, what's really exciting me now is training and mentoring the psychic healers and empaths. Because I thought, you know, well, I can keep, keep, keep seeing individual sessions, and I do love individual work, but my goal less is to really, like, create an army of healers take all those people that are waking, their psychic abilities waking up or they're waking up to this knowing in their soul that they're meant to be a healer and they're meant to help and now is the time and, oh, my God, they can't get the skills fast enough. What do they do? Um, that That's where I really feel the love at the moment um, for that work. To help all the, polish up all the healers, train them, all the healers, psychics, and empaths so they're fully empowered, fully in their gift. They're Psychics are on, their boundaries are great, they know what to do, so they can go out and work with all the people that they're meant to. It's like spreading the healing and the love way bigger than I can just do by myself. Well, very nice. Well, an hour can go by pretty fast when you're having fun. Do you have any closing thoughts for the audience? I'm just super happy to be able to talk to you tonight, Les. It was so fun to connect with you and talk about all these things, and thank you for the, the work you're doing bringing this you know, all the, the cool guests that you have and the information that you have out to the people. So thank you. We've been talking with Lisa Campion, and the topic tonight has been energy healing for impasse. Energy healing, energy, energy. You know, did you ever notice uh, your life path take a hard turn that you didn't see coming? My soul put me in front of really high power equipment. Um, we would make a million watts of power at the television transmitter. I worked in broadcast television for 35 years and the way we would make a million watts of power is we would use these huge power supplies called beam supplies and they would make 32,000 volts of electricity 32,000 volts and uh when I first got introduced to these, I was fascinated by what, I mean, what's happening in this TV transmitter that the entire town can get a pristine signal, a pristine television signal. And it wasn't obvious. It just wasn't obvious. And I scratched my head for a couple of years to try to figure out what is power? What What's the difference between a thousand watts, ten thousand watts, a hundred thousand watts, five hundred thousand watts, a million watts, because you couldn't see the power level, you couldn't see the immense amount of power. And 25 years ago, the cosmic two by four cracked me open, and in that episode, an immense amount of energy comes pouring out of my psyche, just like pushing the go button on a transmitter. Well, my uh, my life purpose is to teach people about their own personal energy. And uh, 
one of the things about power is in order, especially etherical power, in other words, um, if you're standing by a raging river, it's obviously it's very powerful. But if you're standing next to 32,000 volts, and unless you get close enough for your hair to start standing up on edge, you might not know it's there. So how do you work with something you can't see, an etherical medium, or so to speak? And uh, it it dawned on me that the human persona has a, a power level, if you will. It, wouldn't it be nice to, I mean, you can have a voltmeter on your battery and it'll show you if the battery is charged or not. And uh, if you look at the human psyche, the human psyche can have power and it can um, not have power. For example, to not have power, you might think of a a homeless person, a a war vet that's loaded their psyche up with PTSD um, experiences, where if they get a cold tonight, they might die because they have they they're running on fumes as far as power. The reason I'm creating this metaphor is there's billions of people on the planet, and some people are very powerful, and and a lot of people are not powerful at all. And then perhaps the opposite of the the homeless person panhandling. On the opposite end of the spectrum is a savior or a, a alchemist or a, a healer or whatever. Well, we talked about <laughs> we talked about being inspired. My soul is showing me online classes. For my own personal self, 25 years ago when I, when I got cracked open, I've been scrubbing my personal energy persona, this persona of mine, um, as it relates to energy. And some really curious things started happening. I quit getting sick. Um, th- there's, there's like octaves of awareness. In, in other words, the, the homeless vet's not going to have, um, I, I don't want to speak in absolute terms, but it's very unlikely that they'll have uh, an influx of, of inspiration about how to do a new kind of technology or whatever. It, it very well might happen, but... My point is, the more and more I purify, the more and more I raise my personal power, the thoughts my consciousness have move up an octave. It's like the the vision for my life changes, the my resiliency, my gosh. Um, I can go through a very difficult situation and I can rebound in a very short period of time. So I'm, I'm much more centered and I'm much more grounded. I, I totally understand the wisdom of my soul in my psyche. 
and I've I've taught my ego to like stand down. Don't hold the steering wheel so hard. Stand down and and follow the impulse, the inspiration moment to moment. And I tell you what, damn, I am I'm so happy to be me. Not in a, a egotistical way, but my life path, why I'm here, why I'm here. And I suggest the same for for you. The best seat in the house in any theater is your fanny. You're sitting in the best seat in the house. It's always going to be you. In the other words, you want to... You want to transform your life and have a a wonderful, exciting adventure? It'll happen through the vehicle of you. You can observe other people having that experience, but you you won't feel it until you, you, your body, this body that you have now, your persona, your consciousness, that's where you're going to find nirvana. That's where you're going to find every feeling that you want. You're hardwired. You're the best seat in the house. You're hardwired. But when we load our psyche up, our energy goes down, our power level goes down. And the farther down our power level goes, the more the the uh, events around us tumble us around like tumbleweeds. When your personal energy is low, anything can can distract you, can throw you off. When your personal energy level is high, you're anchored in your truth and and astounding headlines can come across the next morning and you know the truth of you. It doesn't throw you into a worry or a fret. Well, certainly there can be some episodes of that, but you rebound quickly. You stay on task. That's what makes you a powerful creator. You stay grounded. You stay focused. You're connected to that vision that your soul had before you were born. Man, oh man, I am so happy here we are in some of the most turbulent times in the history of the planet, and I'm a happy camper. I know there's a lot of struggle and worry and fright going on, but I understand my life purpose, and I quit saying no. I, w- I, want, I want to s- see where this will go if I say yes, yes, yes. So I've been... The next event for me is online classes. Teach people that when they get their their psyche, their persona tuned up, get the energy level up, get their energy level pure and authentic, um, that's when the rodeo starts. <laughs> that's, when, <laughs> that's when you're feeling the breeze. Um, an easy thing for you to do is go to New Human Living and sign up for the newsletter. And um, that's a great way to 
let me into your ear, so to speak. Every week I write a a blog about personal power in some form or another. And and when the online classes become available, that's a great way for you to find out about it. Anyhow, I want to thank you, the listener, for showing up tonight. You showed up for yourself. Here you are at the end of an episode, and you've engaged this material. This material is to help grow you. The the whole premise of this radio show, we're coming on our 12th year now, is personal power. What aspects of ourselves are we missing? What um, hidden gems are, are in our psyche that we're unaware of? So you showed up for that, and I applaud you for that. I'm your host, Les Jensen. It is always a pleasure. Thanks for listening. Until next time. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast. To bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.